Hi, and welcome to another episode of Mooney Birth Stories. I'm joined on this episode by Nat from Gold Coast, Australia, who shares the pregnancy and birth story of her son, Onyx. Nat and her husband had a long road to getting pregnant, and she opens up about their struggles with infertility and shares how they were ultimately able to get pregnant. She then shares how her pregnancy went and talks about her positive water birth in hospital. Hi, Nat. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Australia. I know. When I reached out to you, I thought I actually didn't even think to tell you where I was from. (laughs) What country? Yeah. No, I'm excited. Excited to have you. Um, How about you tell us all a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Natalie. I have a little four and a half month old son, Onyx, who took about two and a little bit years to conceive. Um, My husband, Sam, he works in the oil and gas industry. So he's actually fly in, fly out. So it is me at home trying to run a business, trying to be a mum, trying to be a wife, (laughs) most of the time by myself. Mm -hmm. Wow. Super busy. What, What kind of business do you have? So I have a business called Altered Sense, which is all just based around everything um, to do with altering your senses. So we've got a lot of incense sage. We are trying to get a lot lot more into um, providing group classes for meditation and teaching people a lot more about their own energy and how to protect that and what they can do and, you know, a whole bunch of good things like that. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely be sure to, to tag your business uh, with the episode as well. Thank you. Um, so let's hear about that journey to getting pregnant with Onyx. Yeah, so I guess um, back in 2019, actually, let's just start. Firstly, I actually didn't really want kids. The thought of kids in my life wasn't really a thing until um, it almost got taken away from me. And then I obviously really wanted it and my mindset completely shifted. But in 2019, I had um, abdominal pain. Then I went in and had a surgery and they found um, a couple of cysts that were wrapping around one of my ovaries. From that, thank God I went in there because I would have lost that ovary if I had actually left it. Um, From that, my mindset really shifted and, you know, family is just so important and kids are just amazing now having them. But um, in we decided to start trying for a baby. Now, I actually fell pregnant really, really fast. I think it was about three months in and... I felt pregnant, which was amazing. Um, And then I think it was around nine or 10 weeks when we first had my first checkup. And they, the sonographer just kind of told me, oh, you just seem a little bit early. But, you know, at this point, I knew all of my dates and I I knew there was something wrong. And I remember leaving that appointment just being just super confused and just had no idea what was what was actually going on. And they kind of said to me, look, we'll send the report to your doctor and we'll let your doctor look over it and let you know what's going on. So I think it was a two-week wait then to get the report back to my doctor. And by that point, yeah, I would have been about 11 weeks pregnant. And um, yeah, basically I had a twin a twin pregnancy with one of them was a blighted ovum. So it actually had no um, fetus or embryo or nothing in there at all. And then I... Yeah, was had to go in and actually have a DNC um, because the pregnancy obviously couldn't continue because that was yeah it was going to become a miscarriage. So that was at the start of 20, 2020 and that was kind of the start of just a vortex, a vortex of miscarriages and not falling pregnant, um, 
really trying to advocate for my own health with, you know, I think I saw about three different specialists um, at one time. And it's really difficult because I feel like if you are someone who has had one miscarriage in Australia here, it's like, oh, you know, you know, everyone's like, ah, whatever. Like, it's just one miscarriage. It's fine. Like, it is what it is kind of thing. Whereas until you've had two or three, that's when you can actually start pushing your doctors to do more about it. So I think it was, I'd fallen pregnant again. I had an early miscarriage. And then a third time I fell pregnant again and had another miscarriage. And by this point, I asked my um, obstetrician specialist at the time to start me on some kind of fertility medication because by this point I'd had all the blood tests and had been tested for all of the general stuff that there was nothing that was showing up that was wrong. Um, it was until I actually saw a specialist here on the Gold Coast who is pretty well known and he's he's kind of a bit of a cowboy in the industry is what people like to call him because he does test the things that no other doctors actually do. And we did a test called the DQ Alpha Gene tat, a test. And so this is um, a test that myself and my husband both did. It was just a blood test and it was just to see um, on our immune ladder whether we had any matches. And my background's Russian and my husband's background is Scottish. So I thought to myself, no way, you know, I had no, I had no idea what the DQ Alpha gene meant. I just thought there's no way that we would ever have a match together. It's impossible. But um, it wasn't until January that we got a call from that specialist telling us that yes, there was a match. And that was the reason why um, I was having miscarriages and then to a point where I actually wasn't falling pregnant at all. So the DQ alpha gene matches, of, yeah, just basically my immune system fights off his DNA. And it oh. just, after, and after the miscarriages, it got better and better. So there was a period of time where I wasn't falling pregnant at all because my body had gotten so smart at rejecting his DNA. So it was pretty crazy. Mm. Uh, definitely something not to expect. And, you know, I'm, one of the, I guess, lucky ones to even to get an answer for our miscarriages. There's so many women that that don't even get answers. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, how did you ultimately get pregnant? Where did you go from there? So, yeah. So from there, I ended up having um, another surgery just to do a big flush of my uterus. Uterus. I called a lipidol flush. So it's. Um, I use poppy seed oil and they flush everything out. And they say that you know where, I mean, where seeds are, things grow. And I guess it's just, it's really quite popular here. A lot of people, a lot of people do it. And plus, I also had a um, biopsy to test my natural killer cells in my uterus to see if they were elevated at all. So from there, my doctor actually, my specialist put us on, put me on immune protocol. So my immune protocol was um, like a combination of steroids, blood thinners, um, I was doing an IV every two weeks, which was called intralipids, which is just a whole bunch. You sit there for two hours in the hospital with this IV attached to you for two hours. And it's just a whole bunch of different fats, like soy, eggs. It's just a whole bunch of fats to almost try and like suppress your immune system and teach your body to fight off that and not anything else. So we ended up doing an IUI and that's how I fell pregnant with our boy Onyx. Wow. Um, well, let's hear about how you found out and, and what that was like. Well, I, um, I throughout the IUI, I actually was testing, doing a pregnancy test every day anyway, because I had been given a HCG shot. So I was having fake 
false um, pregnancy hormone injected into me. So I could see that it was already positive. But what I wanted to see was the decline over the pregnancy tests and, you know, the incline if I was pregnant for it to come back in. So, I mean, look, if most people I know who have had a miscarriage or who are trying to fall pregnant are absolute serial pregnancy testers. Everyone pees on a stick like 10 times a day. <laughs> yep. Just to know, just to, you know, maybe you'll like hold your stick up to the light and just like kind of see, oh, maybe it's a faint line, maybe it's not, who knows. Um, so I found out as as early as I could that I um, was lucky and called my specialist and got straight in and had bloods. Called my husband, told him, and it just is what really sucks about all, all of this is that I just feel like I'll never have that opportunity to have that like really excited, like surprise because everything's so planned and so you know, like everything is tested here, there and everywhere. So mm-hmm. it's kind of expected and, and as well, it's all, always the unknown, you know, is this going to end up in another miscarriage or, or you know, what's the, what's the next steps here? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so how did you feel once you were pregnant? Were you feeling a little bit nervous or? Oh my God, I honestly had far out, like the, the whole, that whole time is just such a blur. I, um, was super anxious, but um, I was really lucky and went in and, and I had blood tests to make sure that my HCG was rising and that my progesterone was all good. I did that every maybe once or twice a week um, just to try and ease off my anxiety. But I, yeah, it was it was a really, really difficult time. Um, I ended up staying on the immune, the immune protocol up until, oh, I think it was maybe 17 weeks until I started weaning off it just because I just felt myself, I just, I didn't want to be off that medication because I, I thought that something, you know, something could happen. Mm -hmm. What was the, what was the pregnancy like? How were your symptoms? Um, I had the worst pregnancy ever and I hate being pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. It was horrible. I was so, I was so sick. Um, every day, every single day I was super nauseous. It was, it was awful. Um, I ended up having uh, like pelvic griddle pain towards the end. It was just horrible. But because of the terrible pregnancy, I had a, a really amazing birth, which I'm very lucky for. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your birth plans? Did you have any? How were you feeling about birth? Um, I was really scared about birth. The, I'm, and if you had asked me a few years ago, I probably would have said that I would have booked in straight away for a cesarean. Um, but... The one thing that I was scared of was the ring of fire. That was my one, number one fear of birth. I just thought that would just be the most horrible thing ever. Um, but I actually ended up doing hypnobirthing classes, which were amazing. So it was a full course. It ran over a few weeks and that really eased my fears. Spoke a lot about you know how important breath work is. And I, I meditate every day anyway. So that was really easy for me to mm-hmm. include, I suppose. Did you stay with that specialist or were you with yes. a different care? Okay. Yeah, I stayed with that specialist the whole time. And were you planning a hospital birth or a home birth? Yeah, hospital birth. Yeah. I feel like my next my next baby, I'll, I would have a home birth, no problem. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so I had a hospital birth. Um, I wanted a water birth, potentially. I didn't really care if I was or was not to have an epidural. I didn't really mind. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Um, so how are you feeling near the end of your pregnancy? And, and why don't you go into how labor started and went for you? 
So I was, um, I think I was 30, 37 weeks. And I remember I was walking around um, this huge shopping center that we have here. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I feel so heavy. But I thought, oh, well, it's the end of pregnancy. It is what it is. I'm thinking first kid, I've still got at least another four or five weeks left in me. This is just, this is not it. Um, and at, at the time, I actually had one of my dogs had puppies. So I was whelping a litter of puppies whilst being heavily pregnant whilst my husband was away. Oh. And I'd had a, my husband had come back. I'd had a scan and they had said, oh, look, his head's not, the baby's head isn't engaged at all. There's no way that you're going to go into labor anytime soon. So tell your husband he is all good to go back to work. So I was like, okay, no worries. So he actually, I remember my husband saying to me, I don't, I really don't think I should go back to work. And I said, don't be stupid. Like if you don't go and you just hang around home for the next however long, like it's, it's annoying. You need to go back to work. So he went back to work and then three days later was when I was walking around the shops and I came home and I was feeding the, feeding all the puppies and whelping them and my neighbor had come over and I said to her, oh, gee, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. Like, I don't know what's going on. And she just said to me, you've had a really big day, just go and relax. And I thought, okay, cool. Well, I went and had a shower and then I started having what I thought at the time was Braxton Hicks. And I remember my midwives always saying to me, you'll know when you go into labor, you will just know. I didn't know that I was in labor at all. I thought I was just mm-hmm. having Braxton Hicks at 37 weeks. So um, I had a shower and then I remember calling a girlfriend. She goes, there's no way you're in labor. I was like, oh, okay. Right, maybe I'll just I'll, I'll call my obstetrician. So I ended up calling my OB and he said, um, I want you to count your contractions for an hour and then call the hospital and let them know. By this point, my contractions were two, two and three minutes apart, lasting a minute. So I was 100% in labor. I was just in absolute denial. So I ended up calling a girlfriend and I said, hey, um, I just need you to take me to the hospital. I had not had, I didn't pack my hospital bag. I had nothing ready at all. I was wandering around the house thinking, far out, what am I going to do? These poor puppies need to be fed. So I've quickly fed the puppies and then I've come out and I'm trying to like put my bag together. My girlfriend came over and she's um, trying to get all my stuff together. And she said to me, do you have any towels? Because if you're leaking amniotic fluid, I can't get it all over my car. <laughs> by this point, by this point, I thought I was um, weighing myself. I thought his head was just sitting on my bladder and that I was like weighing myself. That's what I honestly thought because it mm-hmm. wasn't like a big gush of water or anything like that. So we got to the hospital and to be honest, it actually wasn't that bad. I wasn't in that much pain. So I got to the hospital and by the point, by the time that they checked me, I think I was four centimeters dilated. So I was already in active labor. Um, my midwife was amazing. I said, okay, cool. I'll get the epidural. And she's like, no, you don't need it. You've just walked in here as if nothing's happening. There is mm. no way that you need it. <laughs> so that was about at 11 o'clock at night. And then I had on at 4 a.m. And then the following morning. So it was a very, very short birth. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And I had a water birth, which was just incredible. And I got to cut his own cord. I had my husband on FaceTime because, you know, he obviously didn't make it back in time. Yeah. Um, and so during those, you know, the five hours from 11 until 4 a.m., um, how were you coping with the pain or discomfort? Did the hypnobirthing help you quite a bit? A hundred percent. So it was all to do with breath for me. I found that my breath was um, a lot more helpful than even the gas. I used the TENS machine quite a lot. And then um, as soon as I got into the water, it was just so helpful. Mm-hmm. And how was the ring of fire? Was it everything you feared? 
No, not at all. <laughs> I actually don't. I, couldn't even, I can't even remember it. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And what were the moments like just after after Onyx was born? Um, I feel like it was disbelief that it had even happened all so fast. Being my first baby, I didn't expect to go have him at 37 weeks, nor did I expect my husband not to be there. And I was so lucky that my girlfriend answered her answered her phone and only lived around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I was keen to do it again. Honestly, I, I found birth just so empowering and just not as bad as what everybody <laughs> says it is. Totally. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, of course, everybody's experience is different, but I'm glad that you had an awesome one. Um, and so now he's four and a half months. And how was postpartum for you? Um, I, being ha- having my own business, I didn't really have much time off work. My husband came home for six weeks, which was super helpful. Um, and I feel like my expectations around becoming a mum, seeing other people around me become mums as well and, and see how they've adjusted or how they've kind of like gotten some, some of them have gotten themselves into a really, you know, sad times where everything is really difficult and they don't ask for help and they don't have the support around them. So I just made sure that I really reached out for support where I could. And I, I did try my best really to look after myself as well as obviously Onyx. Mm-hmm. Um, did you end up breastfeeding or bottle feeding? Yeah, so I um, exclu- exclusively pumped for nine weeks um, and, and bottle fed. Mm-hmm. And was that uh, like a, something that you had planned to do or is that just kind of how yeah, it worked so basically, out? Yeah, no. So we had planned to do that because I really wanted um, my husband to be able to build a secure attachment with our son. And obviously, you can, you can do that in many ways. But I really wanted to make sure that, you know, he could get up and do the night feeds. And it was something that we had always just said that we would do from the start. Yeah, that's great. Good. So everything's good now. You're able to focus on your business as well as your son and, and you're feeling good at four and a half months postpartum. Yes, very good. Awesome. Okay, so if you um, think back to, I mean, you already talked a little bit about how you felt about birth, but what would you say was your number one fear about birth? Um, Was it just the ring of fire? It was just the ring of fire. That was it. (laughs) Good. Hey, that's not bad. Um, (laughs) And what would you say was your most, um, what were you most excited about in regards to birth? Probably just seeing what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so special. Yeah. Um, and what is one piece of advice that you would give a first-time mom who's headed toward labor? Uh, headed towards labor? Yeah. Um, oh, definitely just if you think that you're in labor, you're in labor. Yeah. And get checked out. <laughs> For sure. Trust your instincts. Yeah. Trust yeah. your instincts. And um, lastly, what did you think was going to be the most difficult part about the postpartum period and and what actually turned out to be the most challenging? Um, Losing my identity, I felt like would have been that was going to be the hardest, but it just, it it didn't happen for me, which I'm really grateful for. Mm. And so what actually turned out to be the hardest? Um, Probably just... The, the changes in your relationship, I think, I feel like that was the hardest. Mm, like your relationship with your husband? Yeah, with your husband. So you've yeah. obviously got a child that has to come before both of you. Yeah, definitely a big change. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your your story. I'm really excited to to share it with the listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.